Greetings and welcome to Community Spotlight, where we share news that you can use. Sometimes it's for entertainment, education, or motivation. I'm Sherry Pennington. I'm the host and creator of Community Spotlight, and we air here at WKDU 91.7 FM in Philadelphia every Sunday from 1130 to noon. However, if you're traveling anywhere around the world, you can always pick us up at www.wkdu.org slash listen now. So we're going to tell you a little bit about our guest today. Uh, we've had her on almost a year ago today. And we're talking about Sister Maisha Sullivan Ongoza. <clears throat> she has been a social and African cultural activist since the 60s involved locally, nationally, and internationally in issues impacting the world African community. Maisha became conscious and active during the Black Power era. Early active involvement in the Black Panther conferences, Black independent politics, Black independent schools, Black women's movement, and other issues affecting the quality of life of Black people. She has advanced degrees in education and social work from Temple University and the University of Pennsylvania. She has held executive positions in city government, universities, and nonprofits. She's also a highly requested trainer and consultant for organizational development, program planning, and research. Her expertise in family support, community building, youth development, and cultural democracy. She's a published uh, family. She's published in family support magazines, and has commissioned chapters in family support training manuals. Maisha was the host for six years of Fertile Ground, a radio talk show, which focused on African American and the African diaspora culture, history, communities, and struggles. She's the local chairperson of the Philadelphia chapter of the National Association of Kaiwaiita Organizations and a founding member and chair of the Kwanzaa Cooperative. She's also a founding and active member of the Asata Sankofa Sisterhood, which was started in 1991. Maisha is a gifted multimedia artist and has developed a reputation for her African-inspired carpentry, jewelry, clothing, and dolls. With all that, it's Kwanzaa time. We say Habarigani, Mama Maisha. Oh, Ujima Habarigani. Yes, Ujima. Thank you for joining me. I know it's an extremely busy time of the year for you, um, especially being the chairperson and all of that. And what I would like to let the audience know, this is pre-recorded because it'll be aired Sunday. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, what I wanted to say, we planned this interview like three, four weeks ago, and I had no idea what was coming up in your future or for the future <laughs> of Philadelphia in terms of you being the creator and the one, I guess, designated to create the Kanara that's now in front of City Hall. So I want you yes. to tell me all about that because that was a wonderful surprise, but surprising nonetheless. Yes, I, I was uh, commissioned to make the first municipal uh, Kanara for the city of Philadelphia uh, that's in front of City Hall now on the south southwest uh, arm of it. And um, we started dis discussing this in um, uh, early fall uh -huh. with the city and people at the table. Uh, 
and you know it, it you know it took a while but they finally got you you know you know dealing with bureaucracies and things it takes a while for things to to uh come together but it finally did and um uh and I had to get to work and working on it and since it was such a short time frame you know I had to get the assistance of others of course I did the majority of the construction but when it got down to I went out of the country for 2 weeks I was in Zimbabwe so I had to outsource some of it to my creative friends in the community to uh, to do some of the work while I was away. So that's how we met it. And it's a beautiful thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be modest, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's uh, it's over 10 feet tall. It has all of the symbols. Um, I made one before for New York City a couple years ago. This is larger than the one I made for New York City. New York's was maybe six feet. This one's 10. And this one is um, two sides. It's front and the back. New York only had the front. Well, New York only gave me two weeks to make it, less than two weeks. So that was a real rush job. Uh, but I had a little bit more time for Philadelphia. So I, and plus it's my city. So I gave it more. Uh, so it has the front and the back. It has all of the seven symbols of Kwanzaa. It has all the Nguza Saba on it. Uh, this one's wired and it lights in the correct uh, sequence. The candles light in the correct Kwanzaa sequence. So uh, I got a chance to do what I would have liked to do for New York, but since they only gave me two weeks, I couldn't. But uh -huh. here I could do more for my city. And um, we had a beautiful uh, lighting on the first day uh, and outdoors. And we were out there, you know, black people usually ain't out. We're not like for the mummers parade. We don't be out there in the cold, but we had a good day. It wasn't really cold. We had drummers. We had someone singing the black national anthem. We started with the libation. I mean, we did it. We, we had uh, the, different people who supported it speak. Uh, it was just a wonderful event. I'm just really proud of it. Uh, you know, because it, we've been trying to get one there for years. The Christmas tree have been there for years. The menorah has been there for quite a few years. And every year we're like, where's Kwanzaa? Why isn't Kwanzaa here? But this year we was able to get the right people at the table to make it happen. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. I am too. That's the beautiful thing. I mean, it's a historical event that yes happened. so yes. that's great so you've done Go ahead. we know how how important it is because people are posting on facebook their pictures in front of it i'm just i'm just uh, people i know and people i don't know and there's and just see so many uh, pictures of people standing in front of the canara them or what they hold family uh you know because it means a lot to us it represents our culture uh and to see us a part of the the municipal landscape you just makes everybody feel good that your culture is being recognized. And even though we don't ask for the recognition for Kwanzaa, because we gave it to it ourselves, you know, we made it what it is, you know, this global celebration. We didn't ask for anybody's to approve it for us or accept it. But because we did, they have to, you know, mm -hmm. so um, we're really proud of it. Very good. Yeah, I, I follow you on Facebook. So I've seen the post of the people yes. and they are proudly you know, you can see the light in their eyes as they yes, yes, so, yes. And, I mean, there's something to be proud of, and we thank you for you know putting that together. And, and you know, and I I minimize what it meant to us, but when I was listening to when um Councilperson Kendra Brooks, who was the main one to push this to happen, okay. and she got the right people at the table, but she was speaking at the announcement of it, and she was speaking what it meant to her and her family. And I was just sitting back there listening. And it finally hit me like, my, this is really legacy making here. This is important. 
you know, I'm an artist and I'm glad to get a chance to anytime to showcase my work. But when it's something so meaningful to everyone else and so meaningful to the culture, it, it hit me in that spot. I had actually teared up. I, it was really, it, it got emotional for me because I was hearing it through her voice and seeing it through her eyes and through all the eyes of the other people who will be looking at it. And it just really uh, got really emotional for me. I really uh, teared up for a bit to realize this was very important for us. Yes. Yes, it's something that you should have, and I think many of us did. Again, because yeah. it was a historical moment. I mean, it's, it symbolically means so much, especially now. Yes. Especially now, we it is so needed. And yes. black folks are reaching out to get whatever yeah. we can get, those of us that are conscious of what Yeah, reaching out to get it or hold on to what yes. we accomplish. You know, because so much of it is we're going backwards in so many ways in this country. They don't want you to treat uh teach black history, anybody's history, but white history. Uh, they, they want you to disappear as a cultural group. You know, it's so much that's happening that's going backwards here that when we see that we can push, push out, make sure that we stay, that we stay relevant as a, as a cultural group of people and not go out of existence. So we have to fight when we have these wins because we see how easy it is that it can be turned around and go backwards. Amen to that. You know, it says in your bio that you are a founding member of the Kwanzaa Cooperative. Um, so how did that come about? What inspired you to do that? Well, really, Dr. Karinga, the creator of the celebration, uh, inspired us and also uh, uh, directed us. Okay, because, okay. Because we were in a lot of different formations, you know, uh, uh because we were formed, the Kwanzaa Cooperative started in 1980. But before then, in the 70s, and uh, we still was out operating as individual groups doing our own thing out there. And, he, you know, he got us together and told us, you're not practicing Kwanzaa if you're operating out here as an individual silos, because you're not practicing unity and you're not practicing Ujima. So, you know, so we listened to him and we, you, you know, he's our, he's our, he's the creator of Celebration and he's our organizational leader. And so we've came together. So the Kwanzaa Cooperative became like a united front of organizations and individuals who, who want to uh, promote and become what we call Kwanzaa legacy protectors, that we're there to educate and make sure that the correct information is out there, that is authentic, uh, uh, everything that we do. So uh, at his urging, at his direction, that's how it came, it came about, that we couldn't be operating as individuals. That's not Umoja. Mm -hmm. That's not Ujima, collective working responsibility. That's not all of it, you know, uh, all the principles operating. So that's how it came about. And uh, we continue um, to do that. It was through the advocacy of the Kwanzaa Cooperative that we got that can uh, that large canara there. It was through the advocacy of the Kwanzaa Cooperative. We got Boathouse Road lit up, mm -hmm. red, black, and green. Mm -hmm. It was through the advocacy of the Kwanzaa Cooperative. We had the city to sponsor Kwanzaa activities at the main library. And then those were sort of big things we did, but we also do small presentations in people's homes, at churches and businesses, whoever invites us, that's where we go. It's nothing too big or too small that we won't um, uh, 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 make a presentation at. So that's been our mission and our mandate and we're really proud to do it. And in these 57 years of us doing it here in Philly and other cities are doing it. Other countries are doing it because you're on Facebook. You know, I post, I see Kwanzaa all over, everywhere, Cameroon, Switzerland, uh, Guadeloupe. You know, social media gives us the receipts that it's now a global 
a global uh, celebration that started here in the United States. That's right. So two questions, and I know you just said, alluded to one. I was going to say, are the cooperatives all across um, the country, and we see that it is and beyond, is there any uh, mass meetings that you guys hold together to make sure to keep each other in check? Or Well, they, they, in other cities, they have other names. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's formations in other cities. Everybody is not called the Kwanzaa Cooperative. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, uh, some years ago, we had a national Kwanzaa Alliance. Yes, yes. And and and, and we, we, we came about then because we were challenging the attempts at corporate presentation of Kwanzaa. And so we stopped a lot of the big corporations. It was like the, the, the liquor companies saying, use their liquor for your libation during Kwanzaa. Polaroid camera was saying, take pictures for all the days of Kwanzaa with our camera. You know, so we joined to push back on the corporate penetration. We understand it's a capitalist country, but we push back on the corporate penetrations. Have any money to be made off of Kwanzaa that needs to be made by black people? Mm -hmm. And so we formed an alliance then to challenge this corporate penetration. That's why you don't still see Kwanzaa sales and, and all that because they really still haven't been able to make a lot of money off of Kwanzaa like they've done uh, other celebrations because people know you're supposed to buy black during Kwanzaa. So we keep reinforcing that. So we really, really need to uh, uh, re-strengthen and reform that Kwanzaa alliance. It was under the, the leadership of, of, of ancestor now, Conrad Worrell, and a, a couple of the other elders who are no longer here. So this is why we have to train our replacements to keep these... Uh, movements and these organizations going and um and that's important that we rebuild this and i'm, I'm knowing that these younger people who are now in a, a doing the work around kwanzaa like my daughter and other young people you know we're going to tell them that they need to connect with these uh, other groups around the country to form another kwanzaa alliance because we have to work together uh to protect the legacy of, uh, of this celebration, but the, you know, protect the interests of black people in general. Absolutely. And you, you're so right. Uh, capitalism always, well, that's what this country in particular is built on. And yeah. we're the example for the world, you know, and you're so right. It is on black people to protect this because others will try. I'm sure you could buy all the Kwanzaa paraphernalia t-shirts and all that at the dollar store, at the Foreman Mills, just to say, you know, everywhere. Everywhere. What's that? The one that Timu to sell everything, everything. I mean, they got, and it'd be, it'd be so cheap. It'd be so cheap. Right. And you, and you don't know. You're undermining the local people in your area who make these things. Take the time to do it. The local black people, or the ones who are national, who have um. Uh, virtual businesses. You got to vet where you get your Kwanzaa things from. You know, I, I, ch I check everything that I look to turn things over. I look inside to see who made stuff now. I'm, you know, you have to be conscious. Yeah. You just can't just be, uh, be a, a continue to be a creature of convenience that is convenient for you because you're undermining your own interests if you do that. So we really have to push that more because we're just, a, this society makes things quick, hit it quick, be it fixed. You know, if you can't find something, make it yourself, then you know it's black because you made it. Yeah. You know, or you know somebody in your circle who's created who could do it for you. So you, we have to stop going for the early convenience of it and the quickness of it and, 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 and support the, your, late, your local creative people 
They need it. The big box stores don't need it. They don't need your dollars. They got everybody shopping at them. But our people need your support. So I hope and you know wish you well and the group well in trying to get a national alliance formed early, you know, earlier than Kwanzaa time. Oh yes, and that takes that, a building. Um, that takes a building. And I'm 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 taking notes of all the ones I'm seeing on Facebook, all the ones who have been doing these programming for years. And I'm um you know I'm going to um send out a joint kind of Kwanzaa message to them for us to start working beginning of the year. Okay. on how we can form this alliance and, you know, just turn it over to the young people. Yeah. And then like the older, the ones of us or elders, just be there as the, the, uh, the, the advisors, because we got the institutional memory, right? Yes. We remember how we did it. We remember how we worked together. And so we have to be there because we're the ones with the institutional memory of how you form these alliances and these united fronts. And the other thing I would like to add People used to, and some people still do, put things on layaway for Christmas. You know, save up all this money for Christmas. Save your dollars for our Kwanzaa <laughs> stuff. Some people may go to the cheaper ones because they can mass mass produce it. Save your dollars for Kwanzaa so that when the time comes, or right before the time comes, you'll use those dollars in the Black community to continue the economic prosperity for Black folks. And the thing about Kwanzaa, you, you're not supposed to be spending a lot of money, right? Once you get your Kanara, good, nice Kanara, it's good every year. Just get some yeah, you know, right. candles, you know, and the gifts you give should be an educational gift and a cultural gift. They don't have to be expensive. That it's, it's the meaning and mission that you're giving something that promotes education and something that promotes the culture and the heritage. So it's not like you got to save a lot, That's right. you know? You know, it's not like you got in whatever foods you're going to fix when you have your family, your Kwanzaa family meals. So it's not like one of the ones you got to go extravagant. I've been seeing on Facebook, you know, people just thinking they're trying to compete their Kwanzaa decoration with um, Christmas. It's no need to do that. You ain't got to put lights, uh, Christmas lights all around your Kwanzaa decorations. It's no need to do that. It's the beauty of the simplicity of it. The, the beauty of the seven symbols is sufficient enough. You ain't got to spark it up with Christmas lights and uh, Kwanzaa ornaments, things that you're taking from one celebration and infusing it into another. Keep those kind of things se separate so that wherever you see Kwanzaa, you'll see the beauty of the basic seven symbols and the beautiful ways people can display them. You know, but once you think you need to augment and blitz it up and glitz it and bling it up, then, you know, then it starts to look like something different. I hear you. So let's quickly go over those seven principles, the Nguzu Saba, one more time. So that yes. for people that don't know now, you know. <laughs> well, the day is Ujima, the third day, but we're going to start from the first day, December 26th, is uh, Umoja, and the language is Kiswahili for uh, Kwanzaa, and that's unity. The second day, Kuji Chakalia, is self-determination. The third day today, Ujima, collective work and responsibility. Tomorrow be Ujima, good day to... You know, to spend black, buy black, it's cooperative economics. Then we have near purpose, the importance of having a purpose in life, living a purpose-driven life, you know, to make sure that we as black people uh, have a quality of life, have a good life that honors and respect our ancestors and our traditions. And then this uh, six principles, kuumba, creativity, to, you know, to make the world a better place, to make your home, your community, 
use your creativity to make it beautiful and healthy and 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 and, and, and unified. And then the last principle is Imani, faith. Not the religious type of faith, even though that's important, but the faith in our people, the faith in our leaders, the faith in our culture, the faith in our future, that type of faith, right? The belief in, in, in all of that and the work it takes to make all those things happen. So those are the seven uh, basic principles that Kwanzaa is, um, uh, 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 is built on. As a cultural celebration, it's a non-religious celebration. It's a cultural celebration. So no matter what your faith is, you can celebrate Kwanzaa if you proudly claim that you are of African descent. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And again, we're speaking to, um, some people call her Mama Maisha, Sister yes, Maisha. Um, yes. um, from the She's the chairperson still, right, of the yes. cooperative? Yes. So how can people find out more information about what you and the group are doing and those sort of things. Is there a website or something they could go to? Well, we will have a website soon. Okay. <laughs> but right right, right now we have a Facebook page. It's a Kwanzaa 57th anniversary celebration. Or you can find me on, on Facebook at Maisha Ungoza. Then, you know, you can, then I'll have links to our other sites, but we will have our own website, uh, after this, um, uh, by the by, the spring of this year, and some other things that we're doing. Uh, fortunately, we you know with the, some with with some of the money that we got from me making this canara, I'm donating a a, a a bit of it to the Kwanzaa Cooperative so that it can continue to grow, uh, get a website, uh, get a nonprofit status, and all those things that we need to institutionalize it. Um, that's just one of the things uh, it's, uh, that I'm doing. It's part of my ujama, giving back into our organization, uh, because I wouldn't have been able to do this work or get this commission without uh, the support of the Kwanzaa Cooperative. So uh, hopefully you'll see uh, it'll have a much better um, a presence, uh, social media presence when we're able to do, to do those things. You know, because we're an unfunded organization all these years, we do a, most a lot of things out of pocket. Most of our speaking engagements we do for free. We might get some goodwill donation, but uh, but you know, but those kind of things to uh, institutionalize things to make sure things can go on, you have to do things to uh, uh, legitimize it uh, legally and uh, and to protect its um, copyright kind of things that it does. And so we, you know, we learned to do that. The younger people have been telling us, y'all old people, y'all got to catch up. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and and do these do these things right, you know. Right. So we're, we're, we're listening, but those things take funds. So, uh, so you know, I'm do I'm donating it so that we can do these things that we've been advised that we need to do. I hear you. Yeah. So yes. hopefully, some of them do. Some of them may not so much. But as long as it's going to happen, we we have too much talent, creativity, and all that for it not to happen. So I yes. just want to give a shout out to Dr. Marlana Karanga. Had the opportunity to. Um, speak to him via Zoom just to thank him yeah, yes. for this whole Nguzu Saba. And it's just amazing that he created this whole concept at the age of 24. 24. Yes. And yes. all this stuff. Yes. All this valuable stuff. And it's yes. still existing and traveling what, 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 around what, the I, world. I, think, yeah, I was thinking, what was I doing when I was 24? 24. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to, to have that amount of a, um, uh, intellect and foresight 
and uh to be grounded you know and surrounded by people who encouraged him and 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 and, and, and he listened to them of what we needed as a people yep. that he came up with this at such a young age it's a it's amazing but you know during the 60s we were bold like that you know we just thought we was capable of everything. We, you know, we 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 we, we, we believed we was in the war then, and we was in it to win it. That we had to we had to uh, come up with our celebration. So not only did he create Kwanzaa, it's other uh, things that he created that's so beautiful, like um, wedding ceremonies, um, funerals. We call mazikos. Uh, everything we need, life cycle uh, uh, ceremonies. He created these beautiful things for weddings for burials, uh, anytime you asked him, you said, we need to do this and what is the best way to do it that represents the best of African tradition and culture? He'll work on it and get back with you and give you something so beautiful. Rites of passage programs, wow. uh, going into eldership things. Uh, he has created these uh, beautiful ceremonies and rituals and celebrations for every aspect of our life. Every, you know, so... So is this a is this a beautiful thing that he's he's a living resource? Yes. Uh, uh, for us as a people, uh, how you should do your graduations, uh, make you know, oh just beautiful. Goodness. And, and he mod he he models it. If you go to his programs and you see how things are do done, mm -hmm. and it's just the touches that he and his wife put to something, you'll say, man, that's just it'd be simplistic and beautiful at the same time, you know. And uh, and, and he's created so many beautiful. Uh, things for us as black people and Kwanzaa is just a, an example that we all know mm -hmm. but I'm telling you it's a beautiful wedding beautiful name and ceremony rites of passage funeral the first uh maziko is the word for funeral hell in Philadelphia was for my husband when he passed and this is the first time people saw how you do that in, a, in an African-centered way and Dr. Karinga flew in from California because my husband was, he was a good friend of my husband. And he flew in to do this. And it was a big snowstorm that day. Mm -hmm. And he flew into New York and all the flights was canceled. Mm -hmm. Do you know he got a car and drove from New York in a snowstorm to get to do this Maziko for my husband? This oh. is how serious he was. And it's the first time people saw uh, African-centered Maziko funeral. And since then, there's been many others, you know, and, and I've done some for people because if people, uh, Malana, they'll ask Malana and he'll say, Maisha can do it. She can represent us for it, you know, because he's trained me on how to do it, make sure I have everything that's needed. Mm -hmm. But it was, but we saw we had an alternative to the doom and gloom that we see at the funerals, the sadness. You know, people saw I had African drums there. We were in all white. We don't wear black at funerals. Black is not a sign of death in African culture, black is a sign of vibrancy and life, you know, so we don't wear black, you know, so we modeled it and he was there to model that. And so he has so many other beautiful uh, uh, ceremonies and things we need, what we call life cycle, what we go through in life, birthing, naming, going out of life, all of it. He's just a brilliant person and so generous in his sharing of his uh, intellect and his, uh, in the culture. Okay, thank you so much for that. And just as a reminder, we only really have about five minutes left. But what I would like to say too is thank you for posting on Facebook about, it was a documentary, The Black Candle. Yes. I never heard of that ever in my life. 
Oh my. Unfortunately, I don't know where I was. And a lot of us <laughs> probably weren't privy to that either, but I shared, please check this out. And yes. to summarize it, tell us the black candle, what that was. I'll let you summarize it. <laughs> well, the black candle was um, produced and directed by MK Asante uh, Jr. He's the son of uh, Dr. Malefi Asante. And he's a filmmaker. Uh, he's a creative person in his own life. He's a professor there at um, now at, at Morgan for quite a few years, Morgan State. Uh, so he he made this film about the history of Kwanzaa. It's the only film that shows the global reach of Kwanzaa. It shows the history of how it started, you know, with Dr. Karinga, but it talks to people around the country and around the world on what it means. I'm fortunate that he interviewed me for that. Yes. I'm blessed to have been in it because of my long history. And, and MK lived here, you know, so he knew about my work with Kwanzaa. So he had me in it. He had the organization that I worked at at the time that I directed the Say Yes to Education. He had my, my students and uh, scholars in my program in it because I introduced Kwanzaa to them and made sure their families and everybody learned about it. So he had those children in it. But people from around the world, it's narrated by uh, uh, Maya, Angela. Maya Angela, you know, so you got her beautiful voice yes. doing the narration, who she's now an honored ancestor. And a, a lot of people you see are from all over the country and around the world discussing it. So it's called The Black Candle. And it's available now, like on uh, YouTube, it's on YouTube, it's on the free TV channel, cable channels and all of that. And uh, it talks about the, the Black Candle, the unity of Black people and how Kwanzaa has united us uh, around the world. It's a beautiful documentary called it The really Black Panther. And I, you know, I like they showcase, not really showcase, but spotlight it here and there, like the Black Panther Party, you might've saw them, or you might see people marching, or you might've heard murals from Philadelphia. And just, yeah, it was Philadelphia centered. It was a Philadelphia- oh, That's what it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Because some of the, 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 the financing from it came from um, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Lomax, Remember okay. Dr. Lomax, who yeah. has a the WRD and had a big medical practice yeah. and all of that? He was one of the major uh, 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 producers of it. So uh, so so a lot of it was done, and, and MK had a lot of connection because you know he was raised up in Philly. So you saw a lot of Philadelphians in it, a lot of murals, a lot of Philadelphia yeah. history, and you just see it just make you just feel all warm and fuzzy because you see so much Philadelphia. Yeah, yes, I love it. Y'all got to check it out. The Black Candle. So we yes. are running so quickly out of time, but I just, you know, uh, Mama Maisha, one of the reasons I, I wanted you on, and we'll have to have you back on at a later date, was to talk about your recent trip to Zimbabwe. And oh, yes. You had a fabulous time, and I know that you made a big impact with the Ashi group and all of that, but unfortunately... Yeah. We're going to do that in a part two interview. I would love to. That's, you know, uh, that's you know, is this my, that's, that, that's, that's a project that I started and to see the growth of it. And again, the global impact that yeah. it's making, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I'm just really proud of, of, of not just that we do these uh, reusable pads, but the members of Pashi are just some great people who do all kinds of great things, uh, uh, in Philadelphia and around. So I would really love to share that. Yep, I won. That's you you threw me for a loop with the canara. So you really changed my <laughs> whole script. But it's all good and more good yes. to come. So yes. I really like to thank you and wish you a happy and safe Kwanzaa. And um, I, re I return I return the sentiments to you also. Yes, and a happy new year and a productive and prosperous one.
And hopefully you will, our paths will cross again where I can maybe help with the initiatives going forward to make Kwanzaa all that even more better. You know? Okay, that's what we do. So, you know, you put it out there in the universe, so it got to happen, right? There you go. Yes. Okay, so I'd like to thank you, my listening audience of Community Spotlight, for joining us this week. And we certainly hope that you've heard some news that you can use. And we ask that you always tune in here, uh, tell a friend about it, and whatever you do, you know, make it be peaceful. Go in peace. Yes. Stay <laughs> in peace. And put the guns down and practice the Nguzu Saba. I say, I say. I say.